This is the Canty and Carlin Podcast. Well, only the most important topics are discussed here on Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio. He has some of the best nicknames in all of sports, and he is going to join us next. I'm Aaron Goldhammer, Randy Scott with you. We are presented by our friends at Progressive Insurance. And, Randy, we go to the hotline. You know, I am in Cleveland. He is coming here to play for the wine and gold. He is known as the minivan. He is bang, bang. George Niang, the new sharpshooter for the Cleveland Cavaliers, and he joins us now on ESPN Radio. Now, George, you got to start with this. I think it has to do with one of your new teammates. But can you please regale us with the story? How did you get the nickname the minivan? Oh man, it's you know, it happened so long ago, but for the hundredth time I'll tell you guys the story. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, so so uh I think it was late it was when I was in Utah, I was kinda in and out of the rotation and I went up and had a chance to go dunk it and I like barely got over the rim and we got back to the locker room and and Donovan was like, what the heck was that? And I was like, all right, all right. I'm not a Ferrari like the rest of you guys. I'm more like a minivan. I need a couple laps around the block before I get to top speed. And our sideline reporter was like, oh, the minivan. I love that. And kind of just took off with it. And then David Locke started saying on the radio, every time I hit a three, uh, put the triplets, open up the sliding doors and throw the triplets in the minivan. Yang has another three. And they started making T-shirts and – I think half of Utah didn't even know my real name. They just called me the minivan. That's a fantastic nickname, though. But does it does it ever sting? And you know what I mean. And and if so, is like, man, this is of my own creation. I did this to myself. Yeah, I mean, unlike a lot of NBA basketball players, I can kind of laugh at myself and not take <laughs> it too seriously. Um, but I'd love to switch it to like the G wagon or something. Yeah. Like that. that's a great one. Uh, coming from someone with a couple of kids, a minivan is an underrated necessity in life. George Niang <laughs> is with us, a uh, new forward for the Cavs. All right, George, now Cleveland isn't normally a big free agent destination. You know, people don't typically come here to vacation. It's not a sexy city like Miami or Los Angeles. So why pick Cleveland and why pick the Cavs in free agency? Um, you know, I think just, you know, after talking with Kobe and, you know, JB and obviously having conversations with Donovan, um, you look at the pieces that they have, right? They have athleticism, they have defense, they have guard scoring. Um, you know, like I said, they have length and size uh, in the front court. And, you know, the one thing that, you know, they were reiterating when I was talking to them was, you know, they needed shooting. And, you know, with all the other pieces that they've had, they made it to fourth in the East. And I was with Philadelphia, and they were chasing us for third. And you think of all the things that they they had, and and the one piece that they're missing was shooting. And you know how much I felt like you know when they were talking about me and Max and how much we could add. And people may talk about Cleveland not being a um, a, a destination where free agents want to land, but I think the culture that they've built over there. I think people forget two years ago, you know they were you know a tanking team, and then they were in the play-in game. And then they were a four seed. So their trajectory is up. And for a guy like me who who wants to play for a winning team, who benefits off playing for a winning team, that kind of really excited me. Um, You know, I was going to a place where they're on the up and up and and they're trying to win at a high level. And and that's an organization that I want to be a part of. And primarily the reason why I wanted to sign, you know, long term with them. When I, when I look at at learning more about you, George, off the court and I see, okay, this is a mass kid. Like this is – you know, Methuen High School, and then he goes and plays, you know, high school ball in New, in, in New Hampshire, and 
And I'm looking around, I'm like, man, is that ever tough? Like, thinking about that battle, that seven-game battle between the Sixers and Celtics, like, you're not going to leave the conference, so you're still going to lock horns with Boston, but to do it on that stage, that marks the end of your Philly career, but also a chance to go against a, a team that was at least in your hometown mirror there. What's that like for you having to go against the Celtics when you grew up in such a hotbed of their fans, who are crazy? Yeah, I mean, you got to understand, I'm seven years into this, so For sure. I've kind of had my, like, oh, wow moment of playing at the Garden. And obviously playing in the playoffs was really cool. I think the worst part was when you get texts from random numbers or have random people message you and have them be friends you grew up with that are, like, asking for tickets so they could cheer for the <laughs> Celtics. Or I'll do, you a, I'll do you a better one. There was a kid that I went to... Uh, middle school with where obviously I had the incident with Jalen Brown, which I didn't purposely mean to grab his knee. I was more or less trying to hold him back and he like slithered away. And, uh, <laughs> you know, I got a technical for that. And yeah. one of the kids that I went to middle school with actually posted on like Twitter, tagged me and was like, be better. Oh, come like, on. I hate be better. I'm like, we, I was like, we, we grew up together. We used to walk to school together and, this but uh you know like back to your question I, I think the biggest thing for me was I think it was so cool to have my family and friends and people that supported me from when I was a young kid to be able to watch me you know the playoffs are the highest level and to see that you know where I grew up in in my home state uh that meant so much to me obviously it sucked losing but you know that's that's why sports are so beautiful you get knocked down and work all summer to try and get to the point of the top of the mountain. Mm-hmm. George Niang with us. Now, I hear word, uh, speaking of your Massachusetts roots, that you were student body president at Tilton Prep. Can you confirm or deny? And w- what about leadership did you learn in that position that you apply in your basketball career? <laughs> well, let me tell you this. I went to a school that was 250 kids, and I played basketball. It was a popularity contest for me to get there. But once I was student body president, the amount of work that they didn't tell me about, I was not prepared for that. So <laughs> I had to uh, I had to grow up pretty quickly. I mean, public speaking is one thing that I would definitely say it really helped me on. We'd have school meetings twice a week, and I'd have to run them and get up and and you know it's like social death when you when you have to be the person that's you know telling everybody to sit down. We have to get through stuff, and all your friends are telling you not to be so serious and live a little. Um, But also, I I think just as a leader, realizing that, you know, when you're in a position of a leadership position, you have to have all your stuff together. You have to know what you need to do on a daily basis, but also as a leader, help guide other people into what they need to do to make everything run smoothly. Um, So for me, it kind of, you know, jolted me into an area where I needed to be like, okay, my stuff is all set. How can I help all these other people grow to make this community a better place at the school that I was at. And it kind of took me out of the basketball, you know, outfit and put me in like a normal human for a little bit. So it kind of helped me moving forward. When I got to college, I knew how to, you know, communicate with others, see different perspectives. Um, So it really helped me. And then once you leadership can be spread across, you know, so many different horizons. So learning that in that aspect allowed me to bring it over to the court and, you know, know what I need to do to help the team win, know what other people should be doing, and this, that, and the third. Um, so I would say it was extremely helpful. 
Talk with George Niang. He's got Philly in the rear view. Uh, I know that they, the fans, probably appreciated your send off. And you know, one more time on social media, you know, Philly, you 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 made me, you helped mold me. It was classy, it was succinct, it was well done. Let's put all that to the side and let's get reckless for a second because James Harden once out of Philadelphia, something happened with Daryl. What do you think that was? <laughs> wow, you're really you're really just you. gonna put me out there, huh? Um, you know, I I have no idea. You know, to be honest with you, those conversations like. People are going to assume, and you know, I, I think it's unfair to a close friend of mine, who is James, mm. um, to assume what had happened. But I mean, if rumors are true, you know, if he's upset, you know, that kind of how the you know NBA works now is if people don't want to be in situations, they're going to try not to be in situations. Um, I can only speak about how you know Philly was for me. Uh, James was great to me. Daryl gave me an opportunity. Um, it's hard for for me to see where something went wrong there, but if it did, um, you know they're going to have to figure it out. But with that being said, uh, I'm super excited to get to Cleveland uh, to play alongside Donovan, Darius, Evan, you know Jared Allen, and you know the new pieces that we've added with you know Max, Ty, and uh, obviously Karis coming back. I think there's just so much depth and so much promise, you know, with this team that uh, you know if Philly wants to, you know, trade away their players, you know, we'll be happy to come in there and and make sure to take them out. There we go. Look at you answering like a pro the way you learn to as student body president at Tilton Prep. George Niang with us. Yeah, you guys are are trying to have me give away bulletin board material. We're in friggin' July. (laughs) (laughs) But, But, George, there's nothing going on in sports today. Like, if you answered that question with something saucy, like it would have taken over Sports Center for 24 hours because there's no baseball games tonight. There's like nothing else going on in the atmosphere. So we were talking about, um, you know, topics that you're sick of talking about. Like we said, if we have to do one more Jordan LeBron segment on ESPN Radio, I mean, I'm going to take my microphone and throw it out the window. What is the sports topic you are most sick of hearing about? Uh, you know, you actually just brought it up. Um, I'm sick of talking about the, the Daryl Morey, James Harden. No. I mean, everybody's asking, me, everybody's asking me what's going on. It's like, I know less than what you guys even think I know. <laughs> so, uh, you know, I appreciate you guys for aggravating me on a Thursday afternoon. Aww. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm, just kidding. <laughs> I'm, I'm joking. Um, no, I mean, I don't really know. I find so many different, you know, you know, uh, things in sports kind of intriguing. Like I, I didn't watch the ESPYs or what was it last night? The awards last night yeah. that LeBron gave a speech and people were like hating on him for that. And I, I think the, the biggest thing that, you know, bothers me in, uh, in sports is that rather than appreciating the greatness that people go through, we've li- we're living in a society where it's like almost cooler to find like the small thing of, negativity and make that bigger. You know what I mean? So um, that's one thing that that's kind of aggravated me. You know, I'm trying to think of a specific example, but when someone does something great and then someone's like, well, they couldn't have done it without this, this and this. It's like, why can't we just appreciate that? You know, they made it happen, you know? 
Fair, fair enough. You know, for us, like we were talking about James and Daryl earlier in the show, and it's to me, it it seems like everybody forgets that James played two incredible games in that series. You wouldn't have been in Game Seven without him scoring forty five and hitting yeah. unbelievable threes. George Niang is with us. All right. Well, appreciate the time. I'm sorry we asked you the question that annoys you the most. Uh, I will see you. You're here. You're here in in my town now. So I am looking forward to covering you as a member of the Cleveland Cavaliers, uh, and I'll talk to you during the season. And then uh, I'll I'll be happy to ride with you at the championship parade this June. There we go. I love that. What do they say in Cleveland? Cleveland rocks. Cleveland rocks. There you go. <laughs> All right, thanks, guys. Appreciate right. you having me. Appreciate, Appreciate you, it. George. That's that's George Niang of the Cavs, who's a really interesting guy. Um. And, you know, do you believe him, Randy, when he says, I don't know really what's going on with Daryl and James? I kind of do. I, I kind of do, too. I think I think it is a very particular small circle, right, that is privy to, you know, handshake deals or conversations or leans or whatever it is. I, I was looking more for, and he did kind of shed some light. Like, I was looking more for the personality of James, personality yeah. of Daryl. Did they get along yeah. as well as everybody said? And what he said was... And has been indicative of seemingly everybody who plays with James Harden, maybe not Chris Paul, but people like guys, NBA players, they love playing with James. You heard him say, he's like, that's my guy. Like, he's going to be my friend. He's going to stay my friend. Like, that seems to be the case. Not every player is like destined to work out five times a day and keep their body in incredible tip top shape at all times. And he's definitely blessed with a very unique skill set. I will say, like, as an aesthetic basketball fan, I never thought he was the most interesting player to watch because, Randy, such a big part of his game is just to draw a bunch of fouls. Yes. And that's not that's not fun to see. And, you know, I was going to talk to uh, George about this. You know, NBA passed this flopping rule again. We're trying to do this again. To cre- mm-hmm. But it's not going to work at all. But the embellishment of that is such a big part of his game and I think that's why people are so easy to want to turn on him that and the and the big game resume is the big game resume you can't yeah you can't deny it triple eight say ESPN eight 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 seven two nine three seven seven six okay the sports topic you were tired of talking about Mike in Detroit is next up on ESPN radio thank you for waiting what's up Mike Hey, so I'm a hardcore Detroiter, and I am sick of the conversation of Emmett Smith being better than Barry Sanders. If you if you put Barry Sanders on the Cowboys, he would have been like Christian Okoye and Bo Jackson was on Tecmo Bowl, just run through everybody. <laughs> Michael Irvin and Witten would never score a touchdown. They would never catch a pass again. <laughs> Can you imagine, Mike, him running behind that offensive line alone? Yeah. Not to take exactly. anything away. You know, Emmett em- em- is a great player, okay? Mm-hmm. Not to take anything away from Emmett. But I think it is safe to say that behind the great Jim Brown, that Barry Sanders is the second best running back of all time. I, I agree. Uh, facts. I-, I-, I like that Mike in Detroit is calling in with, with a very specific, like very regionally specific. You know what I mean? Like we're talking, like we're here, like oh, it's the you know, only thing the Lions have. <laughs> like I guarantee, does that debate take place in in, in Dallas? No. You know what I mean? No. I don't think Dallas fans because they they got three rings from from their triplets, right? Like they don't sit around debating Emmett against Barry Sanders. They sit around wondering why they can't win more titles because they have that sort of you know entitlement. Whereas Detroit thinks of its high watermark, which 
you know, yeah. could could be coming this season, but for now it's that Barry Sanders retired too early and he's the GOAT. Can I give you a hot one that's insulting to one of our teammates at ESPN? Sure, go. And Troy Aikman's a little overrated. Uh, uh huh. Okay. Uh, it was statistically, like on a Hall of Fame yeah, level, because I mean, I've like, heard that like about st- Joe Namath. St- statistically, statistically, he never blew it out of the water. Great big game quarterback. But think of the gifts that he got to play around and with and for. I don't know. Maybe I'm. Maybe I'm in. It, 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 Shannon's looking at me, shaking his head, like, "Don't do that." Is this don't, the, don't <laughs> our number one NFL analyst? And you're going to come on and insult him to try to? No, I, I didn't say he was bad. I just right. don't know that he belongs on any list of like the five greatest quarterbacks of all time. I think it's also like it's what you meant to the league. Like there's a star element to the Hall of Fame. It's fame. You know, it's not the Hall of Stats. So nor is it the Hall of Titles. But, you know, to have three titles for the iconic franchise in the National Football League and then be a part of the ascension of the NFL to the monolith that it is now, like, you know, I I don't know his stats off the off the top of my head, but I know a Dallas Cowboy quarterback winning through three Super Bowls is probably going to get into the Hall of Fame. Triple eight say ESPN our number. Up next, Randy finally gets to his list. Yes. The top QB wide receiver duos in the NFL. He gets to rank them on Canty and Carlin. I'm Aaron Goldhammer, Randy Scott with you. ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code FIRSTTAKE and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more, more than, than ever. ever. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to gamble responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. This U.S. promotional offer not available in D.C. Mississippi, North Carolina, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369 for New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. For Massachusetts, 1-800-327-5050. For Iowa, 1-800-BETS-OFF. For Puerto Rico, 1-800-981-0023. For West Virginia, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. First bet offer for new customers only. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets but expire in seven days. In partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. 
Again, try Jet's signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jet's Pizza. Better because it has to be. Canty and Carlin, the podcast. From the top five NFL quarterbacks. Burrow. Touchdown, what a start. Two actually has one of the prettiest balls I've ever caught in my life. To the top five NFL fan bases. Stop We're ranking the top of everything in the NFL. This is ESPN Radio's Rank 'em, the top five quarterback wide receiver duos. Well, I had my chance. Now it is Randy Scott's turn. Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio, ESPN app. Sirius XM Channel 80, we are presented by Progressive. If you missed it earlier, top five quarterback wide receiver duos in the NFL. I was tasked to rank them. Matt Stafford, Cooper Cup, number five. Number four, Jared Goff, Amon Ross St. Brown. Number three, Jalen Hurts, A.J. Brown. Number two is Josh Allen and Stephon Diggs. Number one, Joe Burrow, Jamar Chase. I took some flack for fans and from Randy. And now, Randy, you are the one who is under the gun, so let's get it started with your top five quarterback wide receiver duos in the National Football League. Number five. Number five, I'm going to go with someone who did not make your top five, who got a lot of write-in support from the callers who were just fired. They were angry, they were hurt, they were betrayed by you, Aaron Goldhammer. I'm going with Kirk Cousins and Justin Jefferson at number five. Justin Jefferson is the best wide receiver. He is, no doubt, uh, the tide that lifts the sinking ship of his own quarterback. But you talk about connections, you talk about chemistry, and there's no denying 1,800 receiving yards and eight receiving touchdowns and proving that this last season was not a fluke. They have something going, and for as long as those two are paired together, uh, I feel like that connection is going to work there at number five. Number four. All right, number four. I'm going to keep it in the NFC, and I'm going to drop one of, I think this was your number two or number three. I'm going to drop Jalen Hurts and A.J. Brown down to number four. Part of it is just stats poaching. Truly, part of it is what Devontae Smith also brings to the offense, which is, in my opinion, better route running, and I feel like scouts have have uh, verified that as well or validated that take. But A.J. Brown is a multi-threat. He can catch it in the back. He's a catch-and-run threat. He will go over the middle. He's built stronger. He's built tougher than Devontae Smith. He can do more things in that offense. And I truly believe that these two are only scratching the surface together of what they could do as Jalen Hurts continues to develop as a downfield passer as well, which is scary uh, considering what he did last season. So Jalen Hurts and A.J. Brown are my number four. Number three. I'm going to go the AFC and another quarterback and wide receiver combo that you know you you felt was beneath you didn't make your list. I'm going to a tug of Iloa and Tyreek Hill because this this these two fit each other's skill set, which is to say a bit of a limited accuracy and arm strength downfield from Tua, and that works perfectly with the catch and run and create space in the open field on shallow crossing routes of Tyreek Hill. So. I feel like Hill's skill set to the tune of 1,700 receiving yards and seven touchdowns a year ago. And yeah, some of that was with Skylar Thompson. Some of it this upcoming season might be with Mike White. Who's to say Tua plays 17 games? But when these two are together, both of their stats are better, and they are one of the more lethal quarterback-wide receiver combos. That's my number three. Number two. Is your number one. I'm going to go Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase. Statistically, Chase, and I say this as someone who had him on a couple fantasy teams. Chase was a little underwhelming a year ago. 
I think I think they they do what they have to. They don't do everything they can do together. And it's because you got to spread the ball around T Higgins, you got to spread the ball around in the offense. Uh, Joe Mixon is a receiving threat out of the backfield, but they are without a doubt the college chemistry that they have that you touched on uh Hammer is is legit. It is validated, but they're only at number 2 because I have a better number 1. Number 1. It is Stefan Diggs and it is Josh Allen. Diggs only played 16 games last year, still had 1,429 receiving yards and 11 touchdowns. And what Josh Allen did and how quickly he made sure that the right comments were out there publicly to support Stephon Diggs as soon as there was even a sniff of Diggs being less being less than gruntled, right? He wasn't maybe he wasn't fully disgruntled, but he was less than happily gruntled. What Allen did to get out there and say, hey, this is the best receiver in football. And I think we'd all put Josh Allen top three at quarterback in, in the National Football League. So it's a combination to me of the second best wide receiver, the third best quarterback, let's say, throw them together, and net net you're gonna get the number one quarterback and wide receiver combo. So five to one. It's number five, Kirk Cousins and Justin Jefferson. Number four, Jalen Hurts and A.J. Brown. Number three, Tua Tungavailoa and Tyreek Hill. Number two, Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase. And number one, it's Josh Allen and Stephon Diggs. I think it's definitely a less controversial list than mine. Some would say <laughs> a less creative list than mine. What What was your biggest, uh, toughest omission, uh, Randy? Um. Wow. C.D. Lamb and Dak Prescott. Really? Yeah. Really? I had an issue, you know, I don't, maybe Matt Stafford and Cooper Cup. I, I truly did kick the tires on that. I thought about that because I, I think they're going to have a phenomenal statistical season. Yeah. Uh, Rams are overlooked. They Everybody are. thinks they're going to be terrible. They have a still a pretty good quarterback when healthy and one of the best coaches. Yeah. I mean, that's that starts pretty good to me. This time, know. this time of year, the NFL truly is a stock market and you can look at it in terms of teams. You can look at it in terms of players. You don't want to catch the rising stock after it's risen. You know what I mean? Like we so often as football fans have to have seen something in order to buy in and believe it. This yeah. is the time of year to 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 get in ahead of that ascension and you're you're doing that. You're saying that with Matt Stafford, you're saying I mean, darn it, you said it with uh with Jared Goff and Amonra St. Brown. Um so I understand that and I mine is a chalkier list for sure. Mine's an anti-heartburn list. Uh, it's star-studded <laughs> to be sure. Uh but I still feel pretty confident with my top 5. You know, I think the other one, too, it was interesting. Neither one of us, you know, got sucked into the Jets and put Aaron Rodgers and the rookie of the year in the NFL, Garrett Wilson, on the list. I guess I looked at it this way. Like, if you haven't converted one pass yet together (laughs) in the NFL, like, you you shouldn't really qualify for this. If we do it in week eight, you know, the conversation might be a little bit different there. I, I, you know, we could make a separate list, maybe not, well, maybe five deep of. Connections we haven't seen yet that we think will, you know what I mean? That we think will yeah. work, truly. Yep. Because I would put Chris Olave and Derek Carr in that list. I'd put Michael Thomas and Derek Carr in that list. If you're allowed to assume health, yeah. that's that's yep. what I would do. Yep. I'm interested in, you know, I know this is a tight end one. And uh, we, we were very clear at the beginning of this not to include any tight ends. It's why Mahomes wasn't on the, you know, should... Yeah. Mahomes and his wide receiver group have appeared on anybody's list. I think you can make the argument for that. But I think Darren Waller is one of the most interesting additions in the NFL from the past offseason. Mm-hmm. Uh, to see the kind of impact that he's going to make in a new spot. 
where he gets to go into a new offense and a really creative play caller and a quarterback that I think, even though he got the money, still has a little bit of something to prove, Randy. Yeah, and but it is a it's a tight end friendly offense. That was what was so frustrating about Evan Ingram and the lack of production that he had in that uniform. And yeah. then imagine Giants fans, you know, seeing Ingram blow up uh, blow up in Jacksonville the way he did. So the right tight end can exceedingly excel in that system. And Darren Waller, I think the world of him. I'm so frustrated as a Raider fan yeah. because my understanding it was just a personality conflict with Josh McDaniels and you have to look around and say okay you know that's that's followed Josh McDaniels at every coaching spot he's had so the problem wasn't Darren Waller it was the head coach and I will always choose player talent over coaching talent sure I I agree with that Um, just a quick thing here on Canty and Carlin ESPN radio ESPN app I'm Aaron Goldhammer with Randy Scott we're presented by Progressive Insurance uh, Quinn and Williams gets the bag today. Randy, you've heard it in the Sports Center updates all oh, afternoon. He signs a giant contract extension to stay with the Jets, and he's one of the best defensive players in the league. You know what's funny? Uh, I think that the strength of the Jets still is their defense. Even though we've spent all offseason talking Aaron Rodgers, Aaron Rodgers, Aaron Rodgers, I think the thing that swings the team either as a playoff or a division contender coming up short, is the other side of the ball when Aaron Rodgers is going to be wearing a jacket and sitting on the bench. (laughs) Uh, Okay, as it pertains to Aaron Rodgers, and he's been all over my Twitter feed as I kind of pivot, just just pivot turn this for a second. What if last year, we we talk about buying in stock-wise, what if last year was the beginning of the sell-off, the beginning of the dump-off? Like, is... How much? How much is Garrett Wilson's growth stunted? How much is Tyler Conklin's growth stunted? We're assuming health for Brees Hall. I've seen him in in the week one, you know, starters depth charts and mocks. Like there is a very easy way, and take hard knocks out of it, a very easy way to where this goes horribly wrong very quickly in New yeah. York. Yeah, yeah, it does. But I mean, going to Rogers, they had to do it. It was a better option than rolling Zach Wilson back out there, which you certainly couldn't do. I yeah. I just think if you're expecting Rogers to be the MVP, it's ridiculous. I don't think he will be. Correct. Um, I think you'll get better quarterback play, though, than you got last year, even if Rodgers is in the midst of a decline, assuming that he stays healthy. And that, again, just underscores this point I'm making about everybody says, oh, they have a great defense. They have a great defense. Let's see it two years in a row. Let's see Quinn and Williams up front, Sauce Gardner on the back end, really shut people down. Because if they do have a top five defense, then Aaron Rodgers doesn't have to throw 40 touchdown passes for the Jets to be a playoff team. But he does have to throw. And I I think that's my point. You're right. I'm with you on the defensive like consistency. Show me once, show me twice, and then I truly buy in. And, And that's not fair because that defense did prop this franchise up a year ago. And there is something to be said. Like, there's a mental aspect of this game where we see it in basketball. It was actually, I remember Ryan Rosillo making this point, but it was like there is no quantifying the desperation of a team that's down 0-2 in a playoff series. Yeah. And so there's also no quantifying the letting the foot off the gas, the lack of urgency that comes on a defensive front or in a defensive meeting room when they look over offensively, as you say, and they say, we've got 12. You know what I mean? Like, like we don't have to do. We don't have to throw a perfect game defensively because yep. we finally have a competent offense. So I could see both through 
the rest of the league in the division adjusting to what the Jets do schematically, I could see the Jets that combining with a lack of urgency and in, in, in desperation in having to carry the team, I could see that leading to lower defensive you know, efficiency ratings and things like that from a year ago, for sure. We live in a world where an all-pro defensive tackle, not defensive end, defensive tackle, mm-hmm. $66 million guaranteed. Mm-hmm. The other transition that's happening is that the pass rush up the middle is as big a deal as the pass rush from the outside. Up next, Buster only has a new favorite team to likely land Shohei Otani. We'll tell you who it is. Canty and Carlin, Aaron Goldhammer, Randy Scott in for the guys, ESPN Radio, ESPN App, and Sirius XM Channel 80. With everyone fighting for attention, how can your business stand out and connect with customers? Easy. Get Constant Contact. Constant Contact's award-winning marketing platform has helped millions of small businesses stand out, stay top of mind, and see big results. Fast. Constant Contact makes it easy to promote your business with powerful tools like email and SMS marketing, social media posting, and even events management. With Constant Contact, you'll reach new audiences, grow your customer list, and communicate more effectively to sell more, raise more, and fast-track growth. Don't know much about marketing? No sweat. Constant Contact's writing assistance tools and automation features help you say the right thing at the right time, every time. Plus, you can send with confidence, knowing your emails are actually reaching your customers thanks to Constant Contact's best-in-class 97% deliverability rate. Tackle any challenge with Constant Contact's expert live customer support. Plus, everything's backed by their 30-day money-back guarantee. So get going and start growing your business today with a free trial at ConstantContact.com. Just go to ConstantContact.com right now. Constant Contact, helping the small stand tall. ConstantContact.com. Ten seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships. Your skills. Your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? (laughs) Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a one dollar per month trial period at Shopify.com/network. All lowercase. Go to Shopify.com/network now to grow your business. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify.com/network. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day, but sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. This is the Canty and Carlin Podcast. Time to earn some cash. The taste of money, the smell of wealth. Canty and Carlin's best play of the night. The taste of money. Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio, ESPN app. I'm Aaron Goldhammer. He is Randy Scott. We are presented by Progressive Insurance. And there aren't many sports games on the docket, but Randy still has a play of the night for you. Go ahead. Yeah, I'm gonna go. Uh, I'm gonna go summer league in the NBA. Uh, Rockets are undefeated in the summer league. They play the Warriors, who are winless. I'm gonna go with the undefeated team. Uh, this is a parlay, by the way. So we're going money line there. Then we're going the Kings money line against the Timberwolves, uh, and we're gonna parlay that with the Blazers money line over the Magic. Blazers are playing some good defense. 
Um, I feel like you throw all those together, and uh, you're playing out plus 306. So you bet 10, you're walking away with $40.64. Can little, you name... Can you name team. somebody on the Warriors Summer League Warriors Summer League team? Warriors Summer League team, I actually cannot. So I that's <laughs> that's part of that's part of why I'm going to roll with the Rockets. Why the Rockets, call I it, can. It's why they call it gambling. Yep. Uh, I got a uh, parlay for you as well. I, I think the two favorites are going to win in Wimbledon tomorrow. I think Djokovic is going to dominate Yannick Center, and I think uh, Alcaraz. I just think it's a it's destiny that these two guys are going to face off against each other for the Wimbledon crown. All right. The number one seed against the number two seed. And I want to say, too, Wimbledon has been awesome, and the tennis is better than the golf right now. I like the stars more. It's a real sport with real sweat and real jogging around. Wait, I got you say, tennis. You think golf's not a real sport? I mean, tennis has a leg up over golf. and it, Look, if you can drink a bunch of White Claw and smoke a bunch of cigars while you're doing it, I'm not sure it really qualifies as a real sport. I love to play golf. I mean, I could do that when I play tennis. I don't know how you play tennis. Maybe you play tennis a little bit more seriously than I do, but I you could be out there chain smoking and, you and smoke drinking cigars while you play tennis. <laughs> no, I was just trying. I don't know. I mean, maybe, I guess I guess conceivably you could. I tennis. Can you is imagine when Madama has like cigarettes at halftime as the as the new French superstar in the oh, NBA? Okay, well, I was over in Italy, man, and they smoke. All not everyone there, but the smoking in Italy is they nuts. Gotta get these, the memo, man. That is tiny. the cancer sticks are just all over the place. It is something else. But everybody looks amazing over there. They look I, amazing. Yeah, time for three and out. Sometimes it's the worst. Worst. Sometimes it's the best. Best. Either way, we'll get you straight with everything you need to know. This is. Three and out. Aaron Goldhammer, Randy Scott in for the guys on Canty and Carlin here on ESPN Radio, and it's time for three and out. Buster only has a new team as the most likely team if the Angels do, in fact, trade Shohei Otani later this month at the upcoming MLB trade deadline. Take a listen. You start with the Yankees, the Yankees, the Yankees, the Yankees, <laughs> the Rangers, the Rays. Maybe a small handful of teams, but there's no doubt. In talking with sources yesterday, they see the Yankees as potentially being the most motivated because Garrett Cole, Aaron Judge, Giancarlo Stanton, they're middle-aged players right in the, the prime of their careers. This is the Yankees' window to win now. You bring in Otani, suddenly the Yankees' rotation with him involved looks so strong. Otani hitting in Yankees. Stadium, which favors left-handed sluggers. That's uh, something I'm sure the Yankees would be willing to pay for if Otani is made available by the Angels. Here's the problem. I don't think they're a World Series contender, at least not right now. They're closer to last place than they are to the top of their division. Yeah, yeah Yankees, now they're in the, the the Yankees are in this curse of being in one of, if not the most competitive division in Major League Baseball. I just think there's too much money. There's too much of a global reach from New York. It's a matter of whether or not Otani's comfort in Anaheim and the system that they've worked out to let him pitch and hit and thrive, whether that will outweigh the ultimate price tag for him. It's up to him. I hope a small market team gets to rent him for a couple months to make a World Series run. To me, that's the most fun outcome in all of this Otani sweepstakes and I think the Angels have to trade him. I mean what what's the the option is just to let him walk away for nothing in free agency in exactly. the offseason. 
think they better deal him. Up next, Joe and Amber are with you. This has been Canty and Carly. Aaron Goldhammer, Randy Scott, ESPN Radio. and The, the Yankees, the Yankees, the Yankees. <laughs> Thanks for listening to the Canty and Carlin podcast. You can listen to the show live weekdays from 3 to 7 Eastern on ESPN Radio. Plus, you can listen on the ESPN app. Canty and Carlin, the podcast.